0: Hello, and welcome back to Alyssa Explains It All. Today's a really fun episode because I'm going solo and I didn't ask for specific questions, and so I wrote down some things that I get asked a lot. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. I really don't know how this is gonna go, but I think it's gonna be okay. <laughs> so we'll see. It's weird cause now I don't even have like an intro to do. Every other time I have a guest on, I feel like I can say like things about the guest or um, what we talked about. And this is not one of those times. So I guess I'll just dive right in. I don't know what else to do here. So the first thing, oh, actually, actually, before I dive in, I'm going to talk about some stuff about uh, my previous dating life, how John and I started dating, and more about like our our relationship, and why I got into sex coaching, how I got into it, what the future is of that for me, that kind of stuff. And I'm going to talk talk about some previous exes too, I think. And then at the end of the show, I am going to explain some of the. Way that I got casted for the circle and how I got cast, uh, tips that I have for going on the show. Because every time I make a video about that for like social media, like three minutes doesn't seem like enough. And I want to be able to like actually um be more elaborate with it. So we're gonna talk about a whole bunch of things and it's gonna be great. Okay, so we're gonna start with why and how I got into sex coaching. And The first thing that you need to know is that when i was in like my senior year of high school i decided i was going to be a new york city fashion girly like you couldn't tell me shit. that was going to be what i was going to do i didn't want to go to a college with a campus i didn't want to go to a college with greek life like i still don't think any of that stuff was really like for me necessarily. So I went to school, I got a degree, it's a business degree, but technically it's like fashion merchandising and publishing. And then I worked in fashion for a while. I worked at Balenciaga, um, I worked at Topshop, I worked at Juicy Couture actually, (laughs) Um, in that brief period of time where it was not really that cool. So, you know, I'm a real one because I was there I was there when it was running dry. So I I worked in fashion for a little while. I worked in beauty for a little while. I was one of the first like 30 employees for Charlotte Tilbury in the US, if you know what that is. And when I got into makeup, I decided I I really loved it. And I ended up transitioning to a job in advertising. I actually was the person uh, doing social media for Welch's Fruit Snacks for like two years. So if you ever tweeted at Welch's Fruit Snacks, between the years of like 2018 and 2019. So 2017, maybe that, that I probably answered you. <laughs> Actually, I did. I absolutely answered you. Same with like Instagram and whatever. So I was at this advertising job. And I just kept thinking about how much I wanted to do something creative. I hated being in just like a regular corporate environment. It just wasn't for me. and And I feel like I knew that because my supervisor would say things about what she wanted to do and be in part of this company. So she would say things like her goal is to be the VP of marketing in X amount of years. And I was like, wow, I don't wanna do any of that. And even I had another um, social media manager, my wonderful friend named Ainsley, she was working on some other brands and even she's had like some goals within the like social media management track. And I really kinda didn't. I was like, I don't think that this is what I, Ooh. I don't think this is what I wanna like do long-term. And I got into horror movies soon after graduating college because one of my best friends loves them. And so he basically went through a whole process, putting me in like training wheels and starting me with movies that were not that scary and building them up and whatever. I ended up really loving them and I still do. It's actually weird, more recently I get more scared of scary movies than I did before. And it could be because I like live in the woods. Um, I'm not sure what that's about. Anyway, um, I do still love them. And so I decided I wanted to marry my horror movie love and my love for makeup. And I decided I wanted to learn how to do special effects makeup. So I... I was like hell bent on doing this asap because i was so ready to be done with that job and i really took a lot of um calculated moves through my life so far like i really didn't take big risks um, or any anything that i perceived as being a big risk like even doing fashion i think i would have liked to have a more creative experience at school but i did a business degree because i thought that was what was expected of me and like safer and whatever so I didn't really, like, I feel like I was half-assing everything I wanted to do. And I, I just wanted an opportunity to, like, whole ass something. And so I decided I was going to whole ass on special effects makeup. So what I did was decided I was going to move to L.A. Like, three months. It, within three months, I left my advertising job. I got a job at a Mac counter in Bloomingdale's and and I had a lot of fun there. I learned so much. And then I moved to L.A. and I moved March 2020. And so in case you forgot the timeline, we started to hear about COVID in like January. And then it was like kind of a thing, but we had never really experienced a pandemic. So I thought it was going to be something like, We've had moments of, like, bird flu and um, swine flu and whatever, Ebola, things that, like, have really affected other countries, but minor, minorly affected the U.S. So I figured that's probably what it was going to be. Like, it was going to come and go. We just have to be careful in the next couple of weeks or whatever, and it'll be fine. Um, I was so wrong. God, was I ever wrong. Couldn't be more wrong. I moved to L.A. March 1st, and then the entire city shut down, like, March 10th. And so I was in a city that, where I knew like almost no one. And I had a job that I had secured before I got there, working again at Charlotte Tilbury. And of course makeup was the first thing that had shut down and because I was not, I hadn't worked there like physically yet. So I was kind of like shit out of luck and I had no options because all of the things that I, wanted to do were shut down in like any of the makeup or creative spaces and it wasn't like i could just get like a little side hustle like restaurant job obviously that was not happening and then i started applying to jobs that were in what i hated but i figured you know whatever it would pay bills and i was applying to all of these corporate jobs and i wasn't getting them and i was like shocked by that because I have such a long history in corporate. And what was happening is people put hiring freezes. Like everyone had hiring freezes because everyone was freaking out. So I just like simply could not get a job. I was scraping it together. I was doing little things here and there. And I made it work for a long time. And then my roommate, shout out Jess Keener, had gotten a text from like a friend of a friend. And the text was about a job for a sex coach. And she was like, I have the perfect person for you. <laughs> and the reason that she thought I was the perfect person for it was because at that time, I had been doing some social media stuff with Lance Bass, but like a lot of the time, my roommate works works still for Lance Bass. So I would, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was just going there and vibing. Like I was just like sitting in his pool. We made um, slushies once that were, that were um, it was like fruit vodka, blended and then you pour a white claw into it so we were just getting like shmammered and i was in like one of the like biggest pop culture boy bands homes and it was really cool like it was really fun and it kind of helped to to de-stress from the actual chaos that was my life at that time. And if you even like scroll back on my Instagram or even on his Instagram, you'll see me like pop up here and there. It was very funny. And it still feels very surreal. Um, and he's wonderful. And his husband's wonderful. His kids are great. All of that's very exciting. He had a podcast and the podcast was doing really well. So he decided that he wanted to make a podcast network. He was going to try and get like a whole bunch of people to make smaller podcasts. And, um, have it all be under this lance bass network and like because we were trying to plan this this network we had chris and ian when they were dating they came to the house and they did a test episode for the podcast so i met them there for the first time and i actually just saw chris olsen at pride too um and he's like the nicest human so that was cool and we had some other Other shows that were kind of in the works. I can't remember there. Oh, um, one of the girls from the newer Charlie's Angels movie had come to the house too. And it was interesting, like this like this group of people coming into his house, and I was just like there. And it's just like such a far cry from what my life was before, because I just I grew up in like a very normal house. I was in, I lived in the Bronx for a while, and then I moved up to Westchester County, which is where I am now. And it's like a very normal, uh, uneventful childhood. So this was really, really bizarre for me. All of the conversations that I was having while I was just, you know, among my friends, my roommate Lance and his husband and whatever, were like, they were all over the place. But we would talk about like sex a lot. And um, you really haven't lived until you've gotten a sex tip from Lance Bass, I must say. Um, I won't share them. I feel like that's proprietary uh, information. I can't I can't share it. Uh, but yeah, so we would have all these conversations. And so as he was building this podcast network, he and my roommate thought, okay, like, what if you did a show about sexuality? It was going to be a show closer to like what the OG Call Her Daddy was, where it was like, really explicit but very like frank and like putting everything out there and that's where this was all headed we actually um i have a i will never ever put it anywhere but i do have a test episode of the podcast um that i did with harry jousey actually he came to lance's house him and i did a test episode i still have it somewhere it's 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 funny but it's not going anywhere (laughs) so yeah we were trying to find a co-host for me and all this stuff So I had already had all of this like sexuality stuff happening just because of the way that I would have conversations with people. Like I've always been comfortable having conversations like this. And so when that text came across my, to my roommate about someone who needed an assistant for a sex coach, she was like, I got it. This is the perfect person. And so she immediately passed it to me and I interviewed for the job and I got it. And... I've I've seen, actually, I've seen this in the Reddit. Y'all are shady. I've seen this in the Reddit um, thread before where people are like, first of all, people are like, she made her job, her whole personality on the show. Ma'am, that show is produced, which means I said lots of things that were not put in there. And they also asked me repeatedly about things about my job, but whatever. But I also see people saying like, uh, they're making the joke about like the office assistant to the assistant to the assistant manager or whatever, and I get that. I understand. Like, if you don't, if I didn't explain to you what I was doing, you wouldn't know. But really, what I was doing was taking my boss. Her name's Dolly, and her Instagram is at Pleasure Muse. Um, I was taking her classes and her courses that were in person, and moving them to be online. So we were building coursework online, which meant we were filming what she would normally teach. We were doing like Zoom um, Zoom calls with people who were doing her coursework. We built a website. Like it was like that kind of stuff. So y'all can suck my titty about that. That's so rude. <laughs> and just cause you don't understand, it doesn't mean I did nothing um, anyway. I'm a little salty about that. Cause I think it's just mean, mean-spirited, but whatever. So yeah, I was doing all of this stuff for her and she would she would call me her virtual assistant, which was partially because a lot of, obviously it was the pandemic. So a lot of it was, was me helping her virtually, but I was also helping her with her social media, her website, moving her coursework to online. And I also sat through um, when she would do group classes. So she would do these group classes with people who signed up for her program and we learned about the history of how women have had, and to specify, she is a sex coach who is a somatic practitioner, which is very specific because it's, it's a little bit more hands-on typically, which is why she had a really hard time moving to a virtual format. And she also was a somatic practitioner who worked pretty exclusively with women or vulva owners. Um, So, and her, the age range of her clients went from like 26 to somewhere in the 70s. We had someone who was around her 70s and her classes were expensive, like worth the money, but expensive. And I was like, wow, it was impressive to me to see women prioritize their sexual health like that. Like that was inspiring to me that they prioritized it enough to say, this is an investment that I want to make. This is important to me. And that was cool, because I didn't grow up in an environment where that was a conversation we were having. Um, I probably have said this before, but my parents are both the first generation born here. And my dad's side is Italian and Croatian, and my mom is full Italian. And so they're all like Roman Catholic. Like they did not talk to my parents about sex education. So my parents like really kind of didn't with me either. Like they did the rest, but it was not, it was not like that. So this was like a whole new world to me. And I learned about how, um, shame has been built into the female experience since the beginning of time. And I learned about all of the different parts of the vulva that I, I didn't know. And I think what really changed two things really changed my whole perspective on all of it. And one was the amount of times that Dolly would say, you've been taught that this is inappropriate information. This is inappropriate to share and inappropriate to know, but it's appropriate to know how your body works. It's appropriate to know the, par- the names of your own body parts. And like, I just can't get pat, like you can't say anything to me that would make me think otherwise now, because it's so true. Like it is appropriate to know, how your body works and sex is a part of how your body works. It's obviously emotional and and everything too, but like it's a you have to know how this works. And another big thing that really changed everything for me was seeing the difference that her clients or her students had made in their sex lives and their relationship with themselves from the first session to the very last. And obviously I was only there for the group sessions. She did one-on-one stuff with them that I was not present for, um, but I would go to the group sessions and take notes. And then we would make social media content from the, no- like it was a whole thing. Anyway. There was one woman in particular, she was in her sixties and she had cervical cancer. So she was in remission at this time but she had gone through a ton of radiation in the entire genital area. She was married for like 30 something years. And now that she was in remission, she wanted to be able to like have sex with her husband again. I just realized producer Matt named this the unauthorized Alyssa Lube tell all hilarious. Anyway. So this woman, um, she wanted to have sexual experiences with her husband again and Unfortunately, because of all of the radiation, she had experienced so much numbness in the area that her husband kind of felt uncomfortable doing that. And he was like, I don't really wanna like have sex with you if you can't feel it. It almost feels like non-consensual. And if you're not having fun, like it's it's just, it was an odd experience for him. He didn't feel comfortable. And so she reached out to Dolly And Dolly would do these somatic classes and teaching her how to use this like somatic method essentially. And part of the somatic method is using physical touch. So either you on yourself or Dolly would have like a few select clients that felt comfortable with her using physical touch on them, like with gloves and like lots of communication. It was not sexual. It was just almost like the way that you would um, go to like the gynecologist, like that sort of vibe, like just helping women like learn how to um, practice this whole method. And the purpose is to rewire the neurological connection between your tissues in your genital area and your brain. And freaking works like this woman had gone through radiation was completely numb and she was in dolly's class for i think like eight weeks maybe and when we got to the final class she was like emotional and crying and i was emotional and crying because she actually could feel like intimacy and sex with her husband again and that i was like i've chills right now i was like this is this is way bigger than then like call her daddy Gluck Gluck 3000 or ninth, whatever she's like, it's this is so much bigger than that because it is so emotional. And especially for women, like, or even just like femme presenting people, it's really hard to be in an environment where we are told that our sexual needs are not prioritized and not appropriate. And really with any any non-cis man. <laughs> we are kind of deprioritized in in our sexuality and our sexual needs. So it was really amazing to see what prioritizing that does for a person. Like this changed her whole life um, with her partner. So that was huge for me. And after I saw that, I started to look into schools that, that teach um, sex coaching and what the certification is like. And I was so sold on it because of how much it changed people's lives. And even now, I don't ever feel like I'm doing enough because being an influencer in the sexual space or not even an influencer, necessarily a content creator in the sex ed space is so hard (laughs) because so many things that you share are going to get uh, shadow banned or deprioritized in the algorithm at the very least. I've had plenty of content violations, and after a certain period of time, if you get enough content violations, they'll take you off the platform completely. And so you're walking this tightrope of I want to give these these people the information that they asked for, but I also don't want my entire account to get removed because then they're getting nothing, you know. And so that that's been really challenging. But even in the amount that I've shared so far the comments that I get that are just like, I'm just so happy that you're here. Like, I'm just so happy that you exist in this space. That means so much to me. It really does. Cause the emotional part of it is what sold me on it. And helping people feel empowered to learn about their sexuality and know that it is appropriate and know that this is your right like this is your right as a human being to know how these things work and no one should tell you that it's inappropriate to know how your own body works no one it's not their place it's not their job so yeah so those comments mean a lot to me i was looking into all of these schools at the same time i had watched the circle like everyone else and i loved it and i applied for i applied for the circle using literally like the online form like i didn't do anything special I did the online form and I filled it out like weeks before season two came back from filming. It was like, I think while, or maybe even before, cause Lance, Lance's assistant, Lisa had gone on season two and catfished as Lance. So when she got on, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna apply. Cause she was like so excited. She, um, enjoyed the whole process of interviewing so much. And she got it. And I was like, damn, okay, you know what, I'm just gonna apply. I also love the show. And I'm just gonna see what happens. So I apply and I got an email back. And they they wanted to interview me. I just remember like, I don't think I told my parents until I was a couple of interviews in. Because it just, I was like, I need to see how real this is before I get excited. And we would do these interviews. And a couple weeks later, I would get another call for an interview. And then a couple weeks later, and you would interview with all of these different people. They would ask different things from you, like what your strategy was going to be and whatever. So at that time, I was an assistant to a sex coach. So I just was honest. I was like, that's my job. I had the vulva pillow. The one that I brought on the show was actually Dolly's um, that I kind of hijacked and brought with me. Uh, she had moved out of LA, so I, I she wasn't going to get it for like months anyway. So I was like, I'll be back and I'll give it to her. So I just was being honest, that was my job. And they loved that, That and like, it was not a strategy. It was just quite literally my job and literally what I wanted to do, what I was passionate about. I already knew I was looking into schools and certification programs and whatever for doing this. So it was so like, it was very genuine that this is what I was, what I was doing. And they just really loved that. So they moved me through the whole process. And then at some point, season two came back and I had already had several calls, interviews, and their wrap party was the same day as Lance Bass's uh, birthday. So I went to Lance Bass's birthday party and the season two wrap party was also there. So I met some people then. I met Sammy for the first time there. Oh, I met Joey Sasso that day too, actually. So all of these people, I'm hanging out with these people who are, who are part of the cast, but also it's Lance's birthday. So I'm hanging out with Lance (laughs) and our little like group. And one of the people from the circle side of the party walked over to me and he was my casting director. (laughs) So I was like, oh my God, hello. This is weird to see you in real life because everything had been virtual until then. And so I met him in person and I don't remember, like he he was drunk, I was drunk, like I don't know. He's also a person who like, he's not making final decisions. So it's not like that gave me like a leg up necessarily, aside from maybe like, maybe he liked me more because he met me in person, hypothetically. Um, but all he said to me at that time was, they love you. So you just have to convince Netflix at the end of the day. Cause you do this whole like casting process with the studio that films the show, which is Studio Lambert, which operates out of the UK. And so you're interviewing with them for a long time. And then, the final piece of it is convincing Netflix. And that's mostly your casting directors who are going to do that. So, yeah. So I just, I was interviewing and interviewing and interviewing. And I started the process in like earlier in the year, maybe like May or June, something like that. And like sometime in the beginning of August, I get a phone call that was like, So pack your bags because you're going to England in two weeks. I was like, what? (laughs) And, and I made it, they were gonna fly me out. And so I, I did, I I flew out. And um, I think some of you probably know already, I was actually flown out for what ended up being season five. And um, I got put on season four. So I was in the UK for like two months. It was a long ass time, but I had so much fun. I love England and I love like English people. So I had a great time. Um, So yeah. And after all of that happened, I, all I could think of was, oh my God, I'm going to have this platform now. And I am really stressed about being responsible with my platform, being ethical with my platform and using my platform to actually be helpful. I understand that a lot of the time people on social media are just trying to see like something casual, something light. They don't always want to be reminded of the real world. And I totally get that. So I wanted to exist somewhere in between. And I didn't want to feel like I was, pushing people to buy things from me all the time. Like that sucks. Like, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna be like peddling products constantly. So I knew I really wanted to lean in as much as I could into like, into the sex, sec, oh my God, into the sex education content. So after I came back from the show, I reached out to the Sexual Health Alliance, which was the school that I wanted to go to the most. And I explained the situation. I said, I just got off the show. And also, let me just say, I was broke as a fucking joke at that time. Like, literally two pennies to rub together. Like, I had, and that's like not an exaggeration. Like, I literally had zero dollars and zero cents in my bank account. And I am at an immense privilege that my parents were able to help me long enough to get me through the filming of the show. And then they were like, you got to get your ass home. And I was like, I get it. I get it. I'll see you soon. I'm getting on a plane right now. I'm just like thinking about all these other things that happened in between. It was just like, it was just a crazy time. It was a crazy time. So I had this meeting with the Sexual Health Alliance. I explained the whole situation. I knew I couldn't afford literally anything. So if I was going to go to do a certification program, I would have to wait until I flew back to New York. I could save um, some money because it is expensive. It's like a couple thousand dollars. And then I could start the certification then. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see... I'm just going to see if they'll partner with me and we can create a partnership. I'll make content for them. And that's what we did. So we ended up doing this, this partnership together. And I was able to take their courses and I was making a lot of content for them that they were posting on their channels. And I was posting on mine before I even did this, like the circle even came out. So yeah, so I was able to start, start school. And now I'm still in that program. It's a lot of, reading. And honestly, my full-time job, when I did get a, after I came back from the show, I had to get some sort of full-time job. And I worked again in corporate and marketing. And I did that for like a little over a year. And that job was so um, intense sometimes that I, and time consuming that I didn't really have that much energy to be reading like scientific journals and Studies, so I uh, have taken a little longer than I wanted to in getting that certification. So I'm still in that program, but technically I am a sex coach right now at this second. Technically and legally, I'm a sex coach at this very moment. So, so yeah, and so now the future of that is going to be. Hopefully, I'll be able to get certified through the American Association of Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. They're called Asect. Um, if you ever want to go and check out their website and what the um, requirements are. If this is something you're interested in, it's aasect.org. And you can see all of that information there. So I'd like to get ASEC certified before I'm doing any sort of coaching on a wide scale. However, being an influencer or a content creator in the sex ed space is so fucking hard. (laughs) I've been put in I've had conversations with with brands that are like normal mainstream brands that were excited to have me work with them. And then I wouldn't hear back from them. And I would follow up and they would be like, sorry, we just like saw some of the things that you posted recently. And we don't think we're a good fit. And that's happened to me several times. So normal brands don't uh, don't always love the sex ed stuff, so I have to go with smaller brands or sex-related brands, and those are often small businesses, and so they don't have like, you know, Kellogg's money. I don't know. They don't have like money like that. So it's it's a hustle. And it's hard. So I think the future of coaching for me is going to be. I'm going to start coaching on a small scale, meaning only taking 5 clients at a time and that would be 150 a month and i would talk to you every every week so compared to what sex coaching would normally be that is zip that is nothing and i don't mean to say that to sound like i'm giving you a deal but it's more to say like i'm not charging as a person who's like a like an uh asect certified 10 years into my career sex coach like that i'm trying to be fair with with what that would be. So that's one thing. You can also subscribe to me now on Instagram and it's $5 a month. And I will be posting at least once a week information that is more actionable than what I typically share on social media. So for instance, um, I had done a post about praise kinks and it was like a silly reel. And then in my subscribers, you got a list of actual things like phrases that you could use if you wanted to experiment with praise kinks. So yeah, so making stuff that's more actionable, I'm gonna do worksheets and other exercises that you can actually take home and do. And so for $5 a month, that's not too shabby. So if you're interested in supporting me in any way or you're interested and or I guess you're interested in getting any of those like kind of take home activities and worksheets and stuff like that, you can subscribe to me on Instagram. If you are interested in one on one coaching and it fits within your budget to do so, send me an email either at Alyssa loop like my like all my socials are at gmail.com or um. Alyssa explains it all, pod pod at gmail.com, either one. If you DM me on Instagram, there's a chance I'll see it, but it's not even like I get that many DMs, but I I can't I get so overwhelmed with social media sometimes, and I'm not that social of a person in real life. So it's it's a lot of socializing and it's very exhausting. So I try and protect my peace a little bit. <laughs> and I also, I also feel like sometimes. I don't know if I'm being taken advantage of necessarily and stop purposeful at all. But I I, sometimes I think like it's kind of not fair that I'm putting in so much work and so much energy and and I don't really get anything back from it um, right now. And the expectation is that I will do you know, one on one coaching for free. And I just don't have the time to do that because I have to hustle to try and make money elsewhere because brands don't want to work with me anyway. And the other thing too, is I had my corporate job, but it was impossible to make sex ed content because I want everything to be like double triple checked with sources and um, that are reliable and actual like scientifically backed sources. And that takes a lot of time. And if I have a full time job, I simply cannot do that. So I'm trying to find a good balance because i don't want to take advantage of my followers either i don't really like i said i don't really want people like shoveling money at me it makes me feel weird um but i do have a service that i can provide and so if that's something you're interested in you can either subscribe to me on instagram or you can send us an email also on instagram we have a special group chat so you can get more direct access to me. So even if you're not really that interested in in the sex ed stuff, but you want a more direct line of um, communication to me, you can subscribe and I will, will have a subscriber chat. And anytime you send me anything, if you're a subscriber, it has like a little crown next to it. So I will be able to search for things way easier. So that's that. Okay, I do wanna talk about how I got cast on the show, but, I'll give like a little, I'll give a little brief inside scoop about John and I, because I said I would. Um, and if you haven't heard the whole story of how we started dating, you should go back to the first episode that we did together, which was I think December last year. And we explained the whole story, but I will tell some more parts of that from my perspective and what it's been like to date someone that I did a show with and who's younger than me and all that stuff. I think I say this in, in that episode that I was like, kinda like when i first met john i was like he's young like he's really young i think he was like 26 and i was no he was 24 25 and i was 27 28 something like that and i was like oh god he's so young like i can't like it's just that's just so young for me like i would date people who are either my age or older like i had i don't think i'd ever dated anyone who was younger than me this is the first time and and i also am like Kind of an old lady i was like do you really want to like hang out with me like i don't know about all that but he did um so but what was happening was me john and Yuling ling would go out for like drinks and dinner and stuff before the show even came out and i think Yuling ling said it to me once we like went to dinner and john went to the bathroom and she was like do you ever think about and i was like i don't know um because we have a lot in common like having our um upbringing be really similar and stuff like that so we always had really great conversation and got along really well. And so that was like all fine and good and friendly until the following year. And we had like kind of started dating in January of that year. And then I think he got like a little spooked because I am older and the expectations for someone who's like nearing 30 are very different than the expectations for someone who's like 25-ish in terms of dating. So, not for everybody, but for, for many people. And for me, like, I'm just kind of like an old lady and I'm kind of, I'm out of the period of time where I want to go out and drink like myself into an oblivion every weekend. Like I physically, I can't do that. And it also doesn't sound fun to me anymore. So we started dating for a little bit in January and he actually broke up with me, which made me really upset, but like, he really just psyched himself out. He got really nervous. And he, he was like, I don't, I don't think that, I can do this. I don't think I'm I'm gonna be the right fit for you. And he like psyched himself out so much. So we stopped dating for a little while, but we kept in contact. Then we did the rap party in LA, which was uh the end of May last year. That was when like him and I had seen each other for the first time since we had dated and broken up. So we went to the rap party and I think like once we saw each other and we were around each other, everything just like all the feelings came back. And he actually said to me while we were there, he was like, I I really don't want to make any big decisions while we're here. And because we're like going out and we're drinking and we're with all these people. And like, obviously like being in the show is a lot and whatever. So he was like, I really want to talk about this when we get home. So we came back to New York and we went to dinner. And that was when he like, had an official conversation where he was like, I want to talk about this, I want to open up the possibility again, it was very mature of him. And that's what made me feel better about him being younger than me. I was like, okay, he obviously is like worked really hard on his communication skills. And his life experience has made him mature in a lot of ways. So Um, so yeah, and then we started dating again and that was like the beginning of June last year and yeah, and our relationship is fun because we do similar things, but not exactly the same. So we still can talk about what our day-to-day life is without feeling like we're just like speaking in a vacuum. Um, and he also can understand and give me advice and vice versa about things that we think we want to share. And that's really fun and really helpful. So um so yeah and he's just great actually on sunday um i will be in hoboken going to see his stand-up show and he's actually practicing the set that he's gonna do at fringe in scotland when we go in august and i will be in scotland for that too but on sunday i'm going to the show in hoboken and his parents and my parents are gonna go and we're gonna go get dinner beforehand and I was thinking about that earlier today because I was like, wow, I sometimes I wonder if the people who know us from the show, like really understand how how legit and real and normal our relationship actually is. Like, you know, in the most Italian lady way ever, my nonna prays for him, you know, like that's that's real. That's real. (laughs) I don't know how to explain anything more real than that. Um, (laughs) It's so funny. And yeah, so we just, we have a lot of fun together. Uh, I think really the only challenges that we experience are honestly working in the same field because there are things that are gonna be way easier for him than they are for me. And there's gonna be things that are way easier for me than they are for him. And it's, it's a lot of back and forth. Like last year, he wasn't losing any followers but he wanted to gain followers quicker. And he was like really struggling with it. And I was still sort of gaining them at a quicker pace. And this year, for some reason, I am losing followers, like every day, and it's really strange. And so I mean, there's nothing I can really do about that. But so now we're sort of like in a a switch of a situation and supporting each other through all of that is really helpful, because we understand, we both understand what that's like, and how you know, you try not to make these things your whole life. But when it's your livelihood, it kind of is your whole life. So doing all of that stuff, while still staying connected to the real world and who we are and our friends from home and it's cool to like meet each other's best friends and like sat th- this past saturday he and i went to brunch with my sister and her fiance and my brother and her his girlfriend and we like spent the day together we went drinking for a little while and we had so much fun and moments like that i think we've gotten more open with sharing our relationship now but there's always gonna be so much more that's happening that is really just for us because our relationship is special and it's ours and it's real. And so I don't know if there's anything else I can really share about, about John. I don't know. I think that's like that's like the bulk of it. He's a really good cook. <laughs> I don't, We one of the things that we, we don't have in common is we don't have the same taste in movies because he will not watch a scary movie and we tried me and Matt producer Matt we tried and it didn't go well so so he's not a horror movie person which stinks but is not the end of the world and um like he likes uh what the heck is it called the Sopranos I've tried to watch that show so many times and I just I'm like it just feels boring and I like I don't I can't relate to like mob stories I just I'm like, all of this is dumb. Are you really shooting each other out of respect because of respect? What do you, what, what is going on? It's like, what in the toxic masculinity? It's just, is like, sometimes I look at it, and I'm like, this is embarrassing for all of you because you just shot and killed somebody because you didn't feel respected. Please, please. Anywho, so that's one of the things that we don't have in common, but we have gotten better about, about wanting to embrace each other's preferences and actually have been pleasantly surprised both ways. So that's cool. Um, okay, so. I thought I was going to tell the story about my one of my previous exes, who is now dating my gay best friend. And I don't really have time. So if that's a story that you want to hear, let me know. Um, I want to take the last like 10ish minutes to talk about applying to the show, things that you can do to better your chances, and um, that kind of stuff. So the biggest thing is to remember that this is a tv show so they are trying to cast characters they understand that you're a real human they understand that we all understand that but as a casting director you're casting characters and so you need to be a character like you have to you have to really think about from an outsider's perspective what sort of and this this is sort of this sounds negative but i'm not trying to be you have to think about what like box you fit into um like for me the sex thing like really they loved that they loved the job so they really wanted me to go on the show and be like sexy and i was like i don't know how to do that i'm like naturally not i'm not that so i i didn't know how to do that they're they trying to get me to flirt with people all the time and i was like i i i don't know what to even say like i'm just i'm just awkward so i didn't really deliver on what they what they wanted me to do in terms of like being the sex sexy sex girl on it um whatever but yeah so that was the character that they were casting right which is very different than who i am as a person but they also knew the backstory of why i love my job and watching the lives of women around me or vulva owners around me watching their lives change and that was really important to me so they knew all of that stuff too um so be yourself but find a way to build yourself into a character. Um, yeah, because that that's what's really gonna make it easier for them to cast you. And also remember that they cast the whole show as a group. So you might not fit into the group dynamic of one season but you might fit into the group dynamic of another season. So it's always worth reapplying and even like tweaking your strategy a little bit. They love to hear a good strategy. So um unless this is how your character is which i think like when you think of like parker like her character was i'm gonna act like my dad i'm gonna go in with no strategy and just see what fucking happens and that i mean that worked for her she was funny and people love her and i love her and so that was part of her character but like for me i was very intense on my strategy like crazy person john was another one had no strategy at all but he knew he was gonna be his mom that was his character so um it's important though, that you feel very confident and you act very confident in all of your interviews. It's not, I think I can win. It's I will win because X, Y, Z, like that sort of energy is really important. Um, and if you, if that feels like so unnatural to you and you can't do it, don't do a show like that because you're gonna be asked the same, to say the same thing over and over and over again with different inflection. like. I cannot emphasize to you enough, when you're watching that show, I've probably said what you're watching eight times because they're like, can you say that again? But um, more excited. Can you say that again? But on this corner of the room, like that kind of thing. So um, I remember at the end of the day, my voice would be so sore because I was just talking all day and you see like a little itty bitty baby piece of it. But you know, that's, that's the way filming works. So super confident. Make a character, remember that you're being cast as a group and um, really like the energy that you have is really important. Be really excited, be energetic and entertaining because obviously like they want someone who's gonna be entertaining. Um, Keeping in mind again, what your character is and what that means. Oh, also be open to the suggestion of your casting director. So if you move on in this process and they say Would you be open to catfishing? And originally you wanted to go in as yourself. Say yes. Because any way that you play this game is fun, and your casting director is trying to get you on the show. So if they say, I think you should go in as a catfish, they think your chances of getting on the show are higher if you are. I think the biggest thing. Actually the biggest thing of of everything I've said so far is remember that you are a character to them, to Netflix. You are a character, you are a cast member, and that's gonna drive the ship. And don't be discouraged if you don't get cast for one season, because you're cast as a group and you might fit into another one. Be flexible with your timing because they are interviewing a lot of people. And if you're a pain in the ass to schedule with, I can't imagine that goes well for you. I was driving across the country once and I had my last call, my very last, my final interview, and I was going to play. They have you play um, a fake round of the game and the Netflix producers are watching that one. And so I was driving across the country. I literally paid like two or three hundred dollars for a hotel room so that I could be in a quiet place with Wi-Fi and I was there for like an hour and then I left ridiculous, really ridiculous behavior. But I, I was not going to reschedule that. And it just kind of was what it was. So do what you can to make it work. Um, And aside from that, just keep in mind that if you do get on the show, or you get very close to getting on the show, or if you're on the fence of deciding, I'll give you some of the cons because I think the pros are like, pretty obvious. And also it's really fun. Like it's a fun show. The people who cast it are lovely. The people who are producers all around you, so nice. They pair you up, like they give you so much support. You have a therapist, like it. the whole process is lovely. They do everything they can to make you as comfortable as humanly possible. However, I will tell you some of the things you should consider before applying for this show or any other. Keep in mind that when you get flown out, they will take your phone away and you will have a phone that production gives you. You can only write down a handful of phone numbers. And those are the numbers that you can text and call. And if you're there for two months, that's all you got for two months, which is what happened to me. So I had no social media. I had five contacts in my phone and that's all I had for two months. That was my only connection to home. Make sure you're okay with that. And you're okay in general with having some alone time because you have a chaperone who stays with you and in your like little holding apartment and all the, I've never heard of a person who had a bad experience with their chaperone, but you're humans. So you're not going to want to spend every second with each other. And so when you have downtime from hanging out with one another, you want to make sure that you're okay with like filling your time and, and all of that stuff. Also, again, you're filming the show in the UK, so the food is different, the drinks are different, like the coffee is different, everything is different. So if you're someone who is like nervous about things like that, you'll you'll be fine. But just keep in mind that like, you'll have to be flexible on things that would be normally part of your routine. Um, Another thing I think I was not really prepared for was how stressful it was. I got migraines in my holding apartment that were so bad i was this sounds like an exaggeration but i quite literally thought like i thought this happened to like a relative of mine which is why it's a fear for me i thought for sure like i was having an aneurysm and i was going to pass away like that's how bad they were and i'm i'm being funny because i it sounds crazy now but like i really thought that it was so bad i've never experienced anything like that in my life and in moments like that you can't just be like oh can you get me excedrin cuz that doesn't fucking exist in the uk <laughs> so they obviously they have other types of painkillers they'll take you to urgent care if they if you have to go for whatever reason so there's plenty of of solutions but you don't have the comfort of just being like let me get an excedrin or whatever um so that's that it was so stressful that was like the biggest part. It was, I think, being separated from my friends, my family, and my dogs. And um, you also have to be financially prepared because while you're away, someone has to pay your rent and your bills and, and all the, the your life things. And you don't have your cell phone to be able to do it. So you have to have someone else in charge of taking care of all of those things for you. And you have to make sure that you have the money to do all of that. So you have to like really think about what your expenses are for two months, I would say, is to be safe and make sure that you can cover those two months financially. Because you do get paid a small amount of money for being on the show. Just uh kind of kind of like a stipend, like that sort of a thing. Like It's not a lot of money, but it will help pay bills and things while you were gone. But the problem is you get it in two halves. So you'll get one half when you come home and then another half after the show, the last episode of the show airs. So what the total amount might've taken care of all of your bills for two months, but you're not getting that total amount until possibly a year later. So that's something to keep in mind to be financially prepared. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that it was stressful because you're on the line with a life-changing amount of money and you, I think it's, it would be hard to not put a lot of stress on yourself in that circumstance. And obviously when I got blocked from the show, I was very upset (laughs) and um, there was, again, in the Reddit, people saying that I was weird and I was annoying and I was dramatic and whatever, like I again, before I left was broke as a joke. Like I wanted and needed that money. And I also didn't see it coming because I thought I had this like stable alliance and I didn't. And when I watched the show, I was like, oh my God, this makes sense because when you see all the connections that everyone else was making then you could be like oh i was not their strongest connection but i'm only seeing what i'm seeing in my room like i literally only have access to the conversations i'm having with this other person so i have no idea what's happening in all of the other rooms so that was one of the things i I saw someone say it was like like she she thought she was so good at the game and she wasn't and blah 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 i was like sir i only knew what was happening in my own room and so at the time I thought I was doing really good at the game. And obviously when I watched it, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many things I could have done differently, but there's literally nothing you can do because you could only say that if you knew what was happening in all of the rooms. Um, Yeah. And then also be prepared for when the show airs, people potentially not liking you. I was very lucky that that was not really the case for me, Um, but it's a show and it's produced. And so some of the things that you, say will be exactly how you said them and some of them might might sound weird in the context of maybe what other people were saying in their rooms or whatever. Um, and they film and edit the show in the UK, which means they can't swap the order of clips that are shown and that's really important because that's something that they can do in the US and it makes producing a little more manipulative. In the UK, it's a lot less manipulative and a lot less like trying to take advantage of everybody. So that's great. But still like everything that you do and say in your room is in a completely different context when it's being watched because the audience is seeing everything that's happening in every single room. And so the stress of that is also weighing on me. I was like so scared to say literally anything that could potentially be like hurtful or sound mean like i really tried and you know there's only so much you can do you're playing a competition show um and yeah so then just be prepared for like for whatever the the fallout will be after the show airs because you're at the mercy of strangers who don't know you and you might think that it's not going to bother you but there will absolutely be times where it feels overwhelming and you're going to need to lean on your support system um and honestly get a therapist before the show comes out so that you have lots of support around the time that the show does actually air so yeah i appreciate everyone listening to me ranting i feel like this was a nice time for me to just like say a whole bunch of things that i would normally have such a hard time saying because of the time constraints of social media so um i'm glad that i got to have this time to like air a whole bunch of things out if there's any anything that you want me to talk about that i didn't talk about today or have not talked about you know at any point, let me know. I do Q&A boxes on my Instagram pretty often. Um, you can DM me and I, I might actually see it, but I can't guarantee I will. But I, I really do try, I really do try. I mostly have a hard time with a lot of back and forth because then that ends up in like the whole general folder and then I'm like, oh God, I, I don't know. So yeah, you can comment or DM or email or anything. If you are interested in like a little baby step into getting more information about sex coaching, sex education, subscribe to my Instagram. It's only $5 a month and you could do it for one month and see if you like it, cancel it, that sort of thing. You have total freedom in that way. And if you are interested in one-on-one counseling or not counseling, one-on-one coaching that I could do over the phone, over FaceTime or over email you can send me an email to either alyssalube at gmail.com or alyssaexplainsitallpod at gmail.com and I can get that set up for you too. I think that's it. (laughs) I say that like I haven't spoken for over an hour. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to literally anything I've ever said ever because I constantly live in a state of thinking that no one cares what I have to say. So I appreciate that you do because if you made it this far, you care a little and I I appreciate that endlessly. And I am so thankful for the support that I have and the life that I have from having done the show. It means so, so much to me. It really does. And so I hope I can make you proud every step of the way. And if I don't, let me know directly. Don't put that shit in the Reddit. Those people are mean, evil. That That is what we call a bad neighborhood, reddit.com. And I also like, if you send me some negative feedback, I'll probably answer it and be like, hey, let's talk about it. Let's discuss um yeah so that's all thank you for coming um to listen to the po- coming like you came over to my house <laughs> thank you for listening today and any other day I love you I love you I love you and I mean that because if you're listening to this you are part of what changed my life and I appreciate that very much so <sighs> until next week it's been lovely chatting this is Alyssa Explains It All And it's a wrap. Love ya. Thank you so much for listening. As a reminder, we are always accepting questions about sex ed about relationships life advice we will accept it all we would love to hear from you so send us an email to AlyssaExplainsItAllPod explains all pod at gmail.com